0: What's mind boggling then, understanding the nature of the tent, human body, how much emphasis the world puts on the tent. It should be mind boggling to believers. Think of all the attempts to dress up the tent, to beautify the tent, to support the tent, to remodel the tent, to decorate the tent. Think about that. But just remember I mean, for the love of God, honestly, for the love of God, it's just a tent.
1: Friends, do you ever have those days when you wake up and the very first words out of your mouth, well, it's not words at all, it's just groaning, you know, that, oh, wow, I'm, I'm getting uh, older kind of feeling. Uh, Robbie, today we're in the middle of our series called Made New, and it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're looking at this tent that, that we groan in in this earth. And Isn't it true that uh, that in this life, in our bodies right now, there's a lot of groaning that's going on? There's a
0: lot of groaning because the outworking of the gospel, which is what we're unpacking from 2 Corinthians 5 here at Live in the Light, we're excited to see that part of the understanding of being made new is we are made new for the world to come. And so, yes, we Grown, we groan. The Bible says we groan. you groan? It's good to groan. And we're unpacking what it means to understand when I'm saved in Jesus Christ and all of a sudden I'm living for what will be. This, this earthly body I have, the Bible tells me it's a tent. I'm longing to be further clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so what Craig and I are trying to tell you right now, if you're in this life and you are feeling weak and, and feel like you're aging, because we all are, and if sometimes you're just like, oh man, can I keep going? Well, that's part of what's the, the, the sure sign that the Lord is at work in your life when you are longing again for the perfection that is to come. I love passages like, like this, Craig. It just speaks to us, it encourages us, it helps us to think with eternal
1: values because that's what the Lord wants us to do. All right, friends, the title of our message again today is Made New and Groaning. And let's go right away to that encouragement from Pastor Robbie in 2 Corinthians chapter 5.
0: So a Christian funeral is sad for us. It is not sad for that person, okay? You do not have to feel bad for the believer in Jesus Christ who passes away because as they die, they begin to live. This is the whole point of this text. Paul's like, don't feel sorry for me, man. If the tent is gone, life is about to really start to live. So loved ones, what's mind-boggling then, what should be mind-boggling to every believer in this room right now, what's mind-boggling then, understanding the nature of the tent, human body, how much emphasis the world puts on the tent. It should be mind-boggling to believers. Think of all the attempts to dress up the tent, to beautify the tent, to support the tent to remodel the tent, to decorate the tent. Think about that. But just remember, I mean, for the love of God, honestly, for the love of God, it's just a tent. We got to remember that. It's just a a tent. It's a tent. (laughs) It is. It's a tent. But you're like, but I I like the tent. So this is an imperfect analogy I'm about to do here, okay? Because there's an infinite gap between a human body as a tent, but it's not my my metaphor. It's it's Paul's. It's the Holy Spirit's as God's. Between the resurrection body that is coming, the eternal house made by God in the, in the heavens. But here's a picture of a tent, okay? So, people, this is this is the human body that people are obsessed over. And this is a kind of a nice tent, don't you think? Look at a nice color, it's got it looks like it's like in good shape, it's you know put together, the pegs are on the ground properly, all that kind of stuff. But in reality, it's a tent. And when compared to our resurrection body that is coming, now the imperfect analogy, but here's the next picture, okay? This is this is the house, okay? This is the house that we get uh, from God eternal, not exactly this house, okay? But but we're, we're comparing, would you want a 10 compared to this? Okay, no, no, hear me, hear me. I'm not advocating to go out right now and buy a mansion, okay? <laughs> I, you're missing the metaphor completely, okay? What we're doing is we're comparing current body on earth with resurrection body coming by the Lord. Now, anyone in their right mind that would choose, back to the tent, the tent, okay, over, next slide, this, something's wrong with them, right? But go back to the tent. But people in the tent say, yeah, but my tent's got a skylight. I love my tent. I I focus so much time on my tent. I put so much money and investing and everything I want to do is about about our our body. And and I go get procedures and I do all these things with the tent. But wait, 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 but it's just a tent. What are you doing? The day's going to come. The day's going to come. This is destroyed. And then, put those light up now. And then, and then voila. (laughs) Look at, look at this. Look at the difference. Don't you see? This is, this is, this is the spiritual Reality, what Paul's saying in verse one. He's like, it's just a tent. But the but the glory that is coming for the why would you live for the other when this is this is gonna be what's promised? But even even this isn't nearly a good enough illustration of the contrast between where we are right now and what will be with Christ in our resurrection body. Every believer will live this. What's the point of all this? Don't live for the tent, man. Don't live for the tent. Do I take care of the tent? Yes, that's, that's fine. Take care of the tent. But don't worship the tent. Understand? It's powerful when we do that. Because after all, it's just a, it's just a tent. Yes. My current tent is, is temporary. So what are we living for? Jesus helps out a lot here in John chapter 14. Jesus says this in verses 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself. That is so great. He's leaving, he's coming back. You, you're with me. I'm taking you to myself that where I am, you may also be. Yes, that is awesome. This is the reality. This is the reality of again why we live. The 10 can't do this, Jesus can. Jesus says, you're mine, you're coming with me forever in glory, praise the Lord, that's gonna be awesome. Now what I want you to see here, the application of this theology is so important. The verse that immediately precedes these two verses is this one, take a look. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And then he says, in my house are, Father's house, many rooms. Notice, notice. The reason we don't get trouble and anxiety, worry, overly discouraged, ultimately, is because Jesus says, I got a place for you. Because I got some sweet eschatology. Last things, end times, future glory. Because my current tent is temporary. But the real, the real house is coming. See, the application, it, it calls us, it calls us higher it 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 lifts us above our temporary circumstances and loved ones when this is lived out this is so powerful now what's one of the problems with christian society with 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 the church in our land with with the church around us right what's one of the problems now, many believers don't live this way many believers live as if the tent is more important than the future that will not go well that's no way to have passion and love for Jesus Christ. You can't, you can't serve both God and money. You can't worship the tent and somehow be fired up and fulfilled with the love of God. It just can't happen. But see, the starting point is, well, I understand that my tent currently is temporary. And this leads us wonderfully into truth number two, which is this. It's, it's, it's right to groan in this tent, loved ones. In fact, it's it's biblical. Look at verse two. Um, For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we'd be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Okay, so... Much of what we're learning in this whole chapter and our passage today can be described as the already and the not yet. And if you haven't learned this before, this is very important to learn as a piece of theology to carry with you in life. In this context, what we're seeing here, this means there's an aspect of the already in both salvation, our salvation, and God's kingdom. There's also, in this context, an aspect of the not yet pertaining to salvation and God's kingdom. Let me explain it. So if you're like me, you read verses 2, 3, and 4. And if you understand what's being read, you groan as you read about groaning. If you're like me, you groan of the idea of longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, and we groan for that. Because everything within you says, it's true, it's true, it's true. If you're like me, you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Okay? That's the already. And yet you want so much more. That's the not yet. See, there's an aspect. We've tasted the Lord Jesus Christ. We've sampled him, and yet it's not yet fulfilled in him. We haven't fully been saved from sin and set free from the presence and power of sin yet. That's coming. So those are already part. I am saved, but the not yet part, but I shall be saved. If you're like me, you've had a taste of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. There's been many moments where you're so overwhelmed with God's presence and spirit. You just, you can, you can sense it. That's the already. But then there's the longing for more. That's the not yet. There will be a day when his presence will be perfectly in every moment. Can you imagine? Every moment, the perfect, powerful presence of the Lord God Almighty seeing Jesus Christ faith to faith. If you're like me, you've seen glimpses of the glory of the Lord. There's been times where you have been so overwhelmed in worship at the glory of God that he's pushed you down to the floor and worship of him. That's the already. But then there's the longing for every day to be like, that's the not yet. If you're like me, you've savored of what will it be like to be rid of sin forever. And if you're like me, you, you've had moments of powerful victory over sin and moments of walking by the grace and the power of God's spirit and loving people as you're supposed to love them and praising God as you're supposed to praise him. And you're operating in the freedom and you've sensed that sin is diminished and you're growing like Christ. That's the already. And then you say, what will it be like when sin is forever gone? that's the not yet. That's what's still to come. See, this this is why the Christian life is often such a struggle. It is such a struggle, loved ones, because we have tasted a sampling of the meal, and it tastes so good that we want to finish the whole thing. And that's how it should be in the Christian. But it's hard because you get a taste of it, but then you struggle to get another taste. And you're fighting sin along the way. And and things happen. And hardship comes. But see, when you've tasted it, then you're just like, give me the whole meal. So I'm known for both sides of my family, my immediate family, my in-laws as well. I'm I'm known for the guy like at Christmas and Easter and the big dinners that our family. to walk up into the kitchen as the dinner's getting ready and I like to come and just kind of pick a sample just to taste it to make sure it's good enough. Anyone else like that in here? Anyone else like that? Okay, so I go out, man, got a lot of you. That's great. So I pick it up and I sample it. I'm really hungry and I taste it. Oh man, that, that is good. When's the meal, right? When's the, why do I often volunteer to barbecue? Oh, really is because as you're barbecuing and it's cooked, you get to sample the first bit of that and bring on the whole meal. You've tasted it you you want to feast on the whole thing. This is where we are right now as as believers. Tasted the Lord and and you and you want all of Him. This is why He says we groan. We 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 groan for this fulfillment. We groan for this. And listen, listen. Groaning is good. Groaning is right. You know, a, a beautiful parallel text, and I recommend that you read it today, tomorrow, this week, to Second Corinthians 5 is Romans 8. A beautiful parallel text. And in Romans 8, it says that the creation itself is groaning. If you know the text, you know what I mean. The creation itself is groaning to be freed from bondage and decay. You know why there's natural disasters? That's the earth. That's, that's, that's creation groaning to be set free from, from, from the curse of sin. The earth itself is groaning to see full redemption as God intended it. And then in Romans 8, the very next verse is this. It says this, And not only the creation groans, but we ourselves who are the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly, We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. See, it is good to groan. It is right to groan. It is biblical to groan in this tent. Have you been groaning? If you're like me this past week, one morning you woke up and you felt like death warmed over. I did. One day this week, you gotta be kidding me. I woke up one day the past seven days and eight different injuries surfaced quickly. Eight. Ones I knew about from a past playing football. One other ones I've never even heard of or felt before. Just eight different injuries appearing. You're like, you're just 41. I know, I know, I know. A lot of older people. I'm just telling you the truth, right? This is where I'm at, all right? You wake up and you're just like, what in the world is this? Okay? Then you have a cold and sickness punching you in the face right? When you, anyone else there too? A lot of sickness going right now, right? And you just, you just, you just feel it. this, this isn't going great. And then the worst part of it all though, is you wake up and you realize, oh, I still have that thing called the sinful flesh. And then you're battling your sin over and over and over again. But then I, as I tried to get up and felt all these different factors of groaning happening, I thought of the text that awaited us this week. And I said to myself, you are groaning. It's groaning, man. The injuries are groaning. Sickness, it's, it's a form of groaning. <coughs> Battling the sinful flesh and hating it, it's, it's groaning. It's, it's right to groan in this tent. In fact, you know what? If we're not groaning in some form, in some way, that's a problem. If we like this world and want to stay here forever, that's a problem. Groaning is biblical. It is so right to groan. But what do we groan for? The, the, the text gets very specific here, and I'm going to go through these uh, fairly quickly, but I want you to see in the text what do we groan for? Well, the first one is on the screen here. We groan for our heavenly home. That's in that's in verse two. We groan for that which will be. It's biblical to long for heaven. Again, you look at our world right now. This week, quick survey of the news: North Korea hydrogen bombs, really. You know, uh, terrorists are murdering their own mothers. Really? You're looking around um, um, in uh, unstable economies all over the world, global. Really? Really? Looking around, police officers getting all this stuff and just all the hurt, all the pain. Really? Really? This? This world? Really? Really? No, 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 no. As believers, we want to love this world to bring as many people with us as possible for the reality of the heavenly home that is to be ours. we groan grown for that heavenly home. we groan grown for the heavenly home. Secondly, we this. We grown to be further clothed. Right there in verses 3 and 4, we're longing to put on the clothing, which is speaking of what? The resurrection body. A body that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Okay, so just want to close your eyes or you just want to sit still for a second. Just, just, just imagine having a body, okay? Physical, spiritual body. You're going to have a physical body in glory if you're saved in Jesus Christ, imagine having a body that is subject to no form of sin, no pain, no disease, no blemishes, no weight where you wish it wasn't. Just Imagine a body of complete and utter God-created perfection. It's going to be a good day. In fact, I can sense the groaning in the room for that even now. As we should groan for this right now, you see there in in verse four it says, "And while we were still in this tent, we groaned being burdened." See, burdened, burdened is um, weighed down. Literally, it's it's, it's I'm, I'm weighed down. So I want you to be encouraged by this too. Paul says it's very natural as a believer in Jesus Christ to not only groan but to feel weighed down. You feel like you're carrying a a tremendous weight as you walk through this life and 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 want to persevere. I mean, I don't have to take a survey in this room right now to understand the amount of people who often feel weighed down. Weighed down by sin, weighed down by suffering, weighed down by struggling, weighed down by just trying to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanna I just want to tell you, man, I, I feel weighed down more than I care to admit. Sometimes it's hard to even explain. You just you're you're trying to serve the Lord to get here today. You you feel weighed down. It's just it's just the way it goes. But then you you look at the text and you're like, but but it's kind of supposed to be this way. Like it's right to groan. It's right in a sense to have burden. To feel the burden because we're not made for here. We're made for what is is to be. Because we've tasted and we've seen a glimpse. We've caught a, windrow, a window into the wardrobe that will be ours. The clothing prepared for us. We groan. We groan for a heavenly home. We groan to be further clothed. We groan for this. We, we groan for death to be devoured by life. You look in the verse 4, it says, and, and what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. That's, that's so beautiful. So, so this, is, this is a really good thing to groan for. Groan for life to swallow death. Notice here groaning. Groaning's not complaining. Groaning's not whining. Groaning's not like, this stinks. Or, when is this thing over? And then, do you have any... I forget, I'm not going to bring my kids up. Okay, I it. Anyway, so, so, complaining or whining, that's not what it is. But groaning carries the idea of, um, on your tiptoes, trying to peer in. Groaning carries the idea of straining your neck to see. I'm trying to see. You're, you're 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 intensely longing are we longing intensely for the reality of our resurrected bodies and the glories of heaven and, and, and death being swallowed up by life i love that that's an awesome picture isn't it death swallowed up by life hey uh, death and mortality can you come here for a second death says why and life says because i want to eat you It's right in the text. Death, come here. Um, I want to eat you forever. And life's going to do that. Life will pick up death and swallow it whole, never to be seen again. No wonder Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, then death is swallowed up in victory. Loved ones, it's right to groan in this tent. Let's apply this right now. So when you feel body pains this week, use it to your advantage. Say, I'm groaning for glory. I'm groaning for glory. I mean it, I mean it. I was looking under a bed this week to get something that was stuck underneath it for my wife and my older son was there and I I went to get up and there were some loud, audible groans coming from dad and my son's like, what's wrong with you, dad? I'm just like, I guess I'm just getting old, man, you know? And um, I really, it was just, it was like, wow, like, I'm not that old, I understand, I understand. But I'm just telling you, there's, there's groaning going on, you know? This text is helping me. Hey, this week, when you're fatigued from fighting sin, use it to your advantage. Use it to your advantage and say, you're groaning for glory. When you're struggling with, I hate my sin, I hate my sin. God's like, I know, I know. That's going to be dealt with soon, forever. Use it, I'm, I'm groaning. I am burdened for glory. When you look in the mirror this week and you're not that impressed, right? I'm kind of being serious, like, kind of, I'm kind of being ser- we, And you're not that impressed? In, in a sense, you're groaning, you're groaning for glory, right? Don't you love those people who tell you exactly what they're thinking? A couple of people came up to me recently, you know, and one person said, Hey, man, you got a lot of gray hairs coming in. Thank you, thank you. What is that? It's groaning, right? And another person, um, came up to me and said, look at your thinning on top there. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. They go to our church. They go to our church, you know? And these are the things I'm being said. Listen, listen, I'm groaning, you know? I'm groaning. I remember I remember once um, um, getting up and trying to get up, and again, one of these situations, and you're kind of like, oh, you look a little slow trying to get up there, Robbie. I'm just like, give me a break, man. I'm groaning. You know you know what's the best? This, this past summer, I was at MBC and I get down to pray as I, I, as I like to, and I was praying, and I had some real knee problems, okay? And like, it's been this weird bone bruise that happens underneath my kneecap, and there's shoots of pain that happens at the most unexpected times, and I was just finishing the prayer, I was about to get up, and I went to get up, and everyone's, you know, and this pain, the pain, it almost collapses you when it happens, and I was like, in Jesus' name, like that, and just like, it was just, and you're, and just like, and I look over my wife, and she's like, she, because she knows, you know, like, Robbie might be on his back, on the front, you know, what is that, what is that, it's groaning, It's groaning, and I'm so encouraged that it's right, it's right to groan, okay? So you take that this week, and you have fun with that, but, but, apply it, apply it for real. We are not made for here. We are made for the world that is to come, and we have been created in such a way right now that we will groan a lot, and some of us are groaning more than others, and you are young. I don't have any groaning. your, Your turn's coming, okay? Your turn's coming. And you will see it as well. And here's what we find out. Made new and groaning. It's, isn't that so interesting? We're made new. We're made new with the hope of glory. And yet we groan. Because we've tasted. We're made new and we groan. Like, this tent, is, it's temporary. Um, um, it's, it's right to groan. And then just thirdly, finally, and quickly, um, my tent will be replaced with a house. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Look at what it says in verse 5. He, who's that? God, who has prepared, this, prepared us for this very thing is God. Okay, so um, our world has lots of promises made that aren't kept, right? But who's backing this, this promise here? God is. And if God is for you, I like your chances. If God has your back, I think it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. So the one preparing us for this, it's God. And God is true to his word. God will never go back on his word. You know, so we've tasted the meal. We've had a sample. Who's the chef? God. Dinner will be served. Dinner will be served. And then notice it says, who has given us the Spirit, Holy Spirit, as a guarantee. Now, isn't that awesome? So the Spirit of God is in in us is an indication, is a promise. The guarantee there, the word in the Greek, the guaranteed, in modern Greek, it's engagement ring. So the man gives an engagement ring to the wife. It's a pledge. It's a promise. And if any sense of morality and honesty, integrity, that will be fulfilled. But God gives an engagement ring. It's like the marriage supper of the lamb that's coming. It's beautiful, man. It's just all so beautiful. God's like, I guarantee it. I give you my pledge. I give you my engagement ring. I give you my Holy Spirit. If you and I have the Holy Spirit living within us, that is the only proof you need of what is coming, what will happen, and what will be the reality. The Lord promises us when the Holy Spirit is changing us and working in our lives, he is the guarantee of our future salvation. God has your back. God loves you, and God promises he will complete this. To end this message today, I want to honor two lives in our church family that have recently just exchanged their tents for glory. I want to put two pictures here on the screen for you right now. This is Ralph Haig. Both of, and this is May Turner. Both were members of Calvary Baptist Church who became very dedicated servants of Harvest Bible Chapel in Oakville. May's memorial service was yesterday here. She was such a dear, dear woman. Ralph, one of our most wonderful servants in our church, his service was today. And see, this isn't a concept of like, well, that might... Tent and tent on the outside, they have exchanged their tents But now, because the Spirit of God was in Ralph and the Spirit of God was in May, right right now, right now, they are living out the promise of the guarantee of the Holy Spirit. And loved ones, if they could speak to us right now in a message like this in this text, they'd be like, listen, listen to what God is saying. Don't live for the tent. Don't live for the tent. The tent just won't, don't live for the world. Live for what matters, Jesus. And these are examples that have gone before us to show us the way and to show us what this is really all about.
1: Wow, Will a strong word from God's word today, a message of hope for all of us today. We pray that you receive that from the Lord today and your hearts are encouraged by that. And you face this day delighting in the hope that's found in the Lord Jesus. And loved ones, just a reminder, we would love here at Live in the Light. We would love to hear from you if God's been moving in such a strong way, maybe even just today, providing you with that great message of hope. Our phone number is one 22 light That's 1-844-22-L-I-G-H-T. Or you can reach out to us via our website at liveinthelight.ca. That's all for today, listeners. Join us again next time here on Live in the Light.